0: Today's guest on the Kenyan Yoga Podcast is Ronald Steiner, Dr Ronald Steiner in fact, a medical doctor. I met Ronald over 20 years ago now in Crete in fact, an imposing figure, he's over 6 feet tall, 189 to be precise, muscularly built, surprising to know how kind and humble he was in fact, and indeed his devotional aspect to yoga philosophy and practice which is way beyond asana. Ronald is indeed a polymath, a Sanskrit scholar, an advanced yoga practitioner, as well as a medical doctor who actually practiced medicine as well for 10 years before retiring to focus predominantly, predominantly on uh, not exclusively on, on Ashtanga because it's really yoga therapy as a medical doctor that he's really involved in. Now, he calls his method the Ashtanga Yoga Innovation Method, AYI. To that end, I could have interviewed him for hours, to be honest, and we do plan a whole new episode, actually, solely on alignment, on the alignment of yoga, which we've hardly touched upon. Ronald is one of those intensely interesting but rare characters who bridges the world of science and philosophy. So our conversation you'll hear shortly involves a great deal of discussion around the relevance and practical application of the ideas of tradition, yoga philosophy, and and that approach uh, vis-a-vis the current modern scientific approach. And Ronald is still very much a believer in and well versed in it as well, so he really straddles these both worlds. But on the other hand, a medical doctor, as steadfast in his experience as such, as a medical doctor, he believes the bodies are structured in a very different way as they were originally construed, and hence the main determinant of an individual's progression with practice is really to to be said, genetics. To be safe and efficient you have to honor your own genetics so we touch on his ideas as a med- uh, of medical in- intervention in terms of people pushing themselves too hard and i ask the classic questions about knee injuries and knee operations for example um, and what makes people flexible also what makes people flexible and others not flexible uh, many threads here that we uh, we make our way down to various degrees anyway ronald has an online presence at ayi and i do recommend you check him out I think it's AYI.org Beautiful person An earnest seeker of yoga I must say Um, His German background Lends his teachings An incredibly clear Pragmatic and precise presentation Which I think you'll appreciate Um, He he breaks down things Clearly and succinctly In a way that really I have a lot of admiration for Because I don't always do that As always, donate if you like to the podcast, it's appreciated. Review us on iTunes if the mood takes you, and don't forget to give us your comments, feedback, and suggestions for future guests. Welcome, Ronald, to the Keen on Yoga podcast. Great to have you here.
1: Welcome, Ronald, to the Keen on Yoga podcast. Nice to see you again namaste nice to see you adam yeah. i'm very happy seeing you again after a very very long time
0: oh, we met maybe oh, we met first of all in crete about almost probably 20 years ago right? eight, possibly yeah it was a long long <laughs> time <laughs> but it's very really nice to see you and um and i know i mean you've had a long-term practice and you're also a medical doctor so um Do you want to just talk about how you got into practice? Um, And was that before you became a doctor or after?
1: My practice was before I became a medical doctor. So my mother was already a yoga teacher. Oh, really? So I started practicing yoga when I was a little kid. My mother was not Mm -hmm. a Ashtanga teacher. It was just Hatha yoga and the philosophy was Mm -hmm. most important. And for me as a little kid, the philosophy and um, the magical part of the philosophy really touched me and inspired me. So I wanted to learn pranayama. I wanted to learn meditation. And the asana part was not the thing that interested me most. But yoga became a part of, of my life since early childhood. I learned reading with yoga books and went to yoga workshops when I was a kid. And just now mm-hmm. when I look back, I realize how young I was compared to the other people participating there i was 12 <laughs> 15 and i participated in just normal yoga workshops and i was very interested and i didn't have the feeling yeah. that i was sticking out so much <laughs> <laughs> but now when i look back if there's a 12 year old person yeah. coming in my courses which sometimes happens they are much younger than all the others and so i was much oh, y- you're so
0: uh, tall you probably were like an adult size, any, anyway, at that age.
1: I, I was as a kid. I was kind of tiny. I was a,
0: really because
1: yeah, you must be over
0: six foot now.
1: I don't know the foot, but I'm one one meter and eighty nine centimeters. Yes, is, well, I think
0: one eighty five is six foot, something like that. It's it's yeah.
1: above average, so I'm quite quite tall. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. 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 So I when I started yoga with my mother, basically as a little child and then i did Mm -hmm. yoga workshops mostly Ayenga yoga as a kid but also meditation i grew up in and experienced different also spiritual ashrams where i spent some time with my parents and so yoga always in
0: in germany in in germany
1: yes right okay Okay. so yoga always was a part of my life and
0: Mm. then i
1: went to school and Mm. After school was the question, yeah, what to do, how to go further. And I want to, certainly I wanted to study something, and I wanted to study something that's related with yoga. And so I decided right. medicine is a perfect thing to study. <laughs> well, it's kind of like, is it related? I mean, or it would seem to some that it's kind of the polar
0: opposite of yoga. Uh, I don't. We study Usually people study like a master's in comparative religions or something. Not like Western medicine.
1: That's, that's my two options. I was thinking either I studied <laughs> Indian philosophy or I studied yeah. medicine yeah. and I decided yeah, for yeah, medicine yeah. because what's my understanding of yoga? Yoga has three aspects that define yoga. One aspect is the tradition. So if you do something which is in the tradition of yoga, it's yoga. And the second mm. aspect of yoga, is the purpose. So yoga has the purpose of getting a calm mind, a clear mind, basically realizing your true nature. And this, uh, the purpose of yoga is, has been in yoga since, yeah, 3000 years. It started with the Kata Upanishad about 850 before Christ. And since that, the definition of what the true self had always changed and the techniques always changed. But the purpose, Mm, mm. you want to realize your true nature, your true self, or however you call it, this stayed over 3,000 years. And since the Hatha Yoga movement, which started about 600 after Christ, since the Hatha Yoga movement, there was the idea that the mind and the physical body are connected, and so health became an issue. So the first yogis, the Kata Upanishad, they didn't really care about health. It was just about how to become a clear mind. The body can get sick, can die. Mm-hmm. They didn't care. But then the Hatha mm-hmm. Yogis, they combined spiritual techniques with the health techniques. So in, for example, in the Hatha Yoga Pradipika, you can find meditation techniques and physical postures, asanas. And with most of those techniques, there's also a physical health benefit given Mm. to the the posture, to the technique, to Mm. the breathing technique. Mm. Mm. And this is, I think, something which is very common in yoga up to now. People practice yoga to get a calm mind, but also to become healthy physically and mentally. Mm. So, Medicine has a lot to do with yoga because medicine deals with the physical body and with the physical mind. And
0: learned and t- usually, medicine m- is always treating the illness, though, right? It's not exactly pre- preventative, or the definition of health is, is usually a little bit limited, right? It's, it's uh, a little bit framed in the negative, like you're ill and we want to make you healthy again, and therefore come and take medicine, yeah, right? So, I mean, how were you. I mean, how did that go? Did, we, did you practice as a as, a, as a GP or yes, as an MD? As I, uh, yeah, I finished yeah.
1: my university and then I was practicing as a as a medical doctor for then how did you find that almost 10 to, years, I to think. Your, I, really?
0: I, I didn't know I that long, really.
1: I huh. at the university in Ulm in the Department of Sports Science and Sports Medicine, which I think fit uh, really good, and I also practiced in a in a, as a general practitioner in a small um, base on the countryside, which also was very interesting. For me, there's no contrary between Western medicine and uh, yoga practice to become mm. yourself in a healthy state. There is a difference in how you do it. And one of the differences is just what you say. Usually, the Western medicine treats the illnesses And when I do a yoga therapy, I want to promote the healthy parts, the healthy aspects. Mm. So if somebody, for example, has pain in the shoulder, as a Western medicine, I could say, oh, I take a painkiller or I do a surgery Mm. to to treat the defect or damaged part. On the yoga Mm. therapeutic point of view, I would say, what can I do to make the healthy parts of the shoulder healthier again that they heal it themselves so it's a different way to treat and i think both have their aspects if you have for example if you have high blood pressure you go to a western doctor you get a pill that reduces the blood pressure and that's perfect Mm. and important but i think not everybody should take it if you see it on the yoga point of view if you have high blood pressure, you would do exercises to not to reduce the blood pressure, but to get a better balance between…
0: Uh, were you able to synthesize the, the yoga in your, in your doctoring, as it As were? a medical doctor. Did you manage to make a, a link between the two, or did you find a conflict in the yes, end? Yes,
1: I always combined yoga therapy and normal Western oh, really? therapy. But there's another big… have been the best doctor. Big Difference, it's also the, uh, um, how much self responsibility the patient has. Usually in, a, in Western medicine, the physician treats the patient. In yoga therapy, the direction is quite opposite. There's, basically, it's a yoga teacher who knows something about therapy and how the body works, how the mind works, and there's a student who wants to learn how to treat. Himself, and mm. so the motivation is completely different, and that's one of the reasons why I'm now focusing completely on yoga therapy because I really like to help people to heal themselves, and not to give a pill from outside and say, "Oh, and you take this pill three times a day, and then mm. your headache mm. goes or whatever <laughs> disappears." I want to help people to help themselves, but both aspects are basically very important.
0: Do you still refer people to medicine? Yes. Or you should maybe look at right. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. I,
1: mm-hmm. I have one field where I'm working in, and the field where I'm working in is yoga therapy. And yoga therapy mm-hmm. can, from my perspective, can, perspective can help with every disease. So no matter, matter what you have, if you have depression or cancer or a broken mm-hmm. leg or whatever, you can do yoga therapy. And it will help how you feel. also advise them to get right. It, uh, yeah, and I have been studies, mm. for example, if you have cancer mm. and if you do something for yourself, yeah, you move, you relax, your mm. prognosis mm. of healing gets better. And also your feeling gets better. So your quality mm. of life mm. gets better. But I wouldn't say that I'm treating the cancer alone. So the person has to go to an to a medical doctor who is specialized in cancer and has to
0: right. deal with this. So you space. don't go down the line that everything is energy no, and you could no, potentially treat all. everything. No, you're right. You're a little bit more pragmatic as a doctor still. Uh, what about, I mean, there's a question that I think people will, will come up to people's minds. People are always asking about arthroscopy, the knee, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, some people say, well, you can heal it on its own if you've torn your meniscus. Other people, and I had a torn meniscus as well. Other people say you need surgery. You know, it's a practical question that I
1: know many people have asked me. What do you think about that? It's, this is the field where I'm mostly active in and problems with the joints. And uh, certainly mm. injuries in the knee joint are quite common. From my perspective, mm. surgery is a good idea and a good thing. But in most cases, a treatment without surgery gets better results on the long term. Yeah, So uh, you have to see, Mm. and now every knee is different, and I have to see the Mm. knee and uh, make a suggestion. Mm. Some knees definitely need surgery, but most Mm. knees who have even a meniscus injury will benefit from just exercises and will heal better this way. How can you, what's the difference of the different knees? How can you? How can you tell? <laughs> it depends on the injury, and in right. the,
0: in a, where it and is. It's, it's uh, actually the,
1: difficult. The... It's actually difficult because yeah, sometimes yeah. it's like, ah, oh, possibly the surgery will help better. Possibly the the exercises will help better. The good thing is at the end, the person who has the knee injury has to decide on his own if the surgery the one if you want surgery or not some people say oh i want to do everything just to avoid surgery which mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. is my personal point of view i will would always right. try to last not case, last do case. the surgery yeah. and do yeah. it with exercises mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and but there's one point where the exercise where the surgery is just necessary but the exercise is always good to prepare and after um, the surgery, before the surgery, and very often, if you prepare for the surgery with exercises, you notice, oh, my knees get so good. I don't really want the surgery.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was scheduled in for actually for uh, I think a meniscus thing before the pandemic. Again, I think I tore it, and uh, I persevered where I would maybe wouldn't have. And uh, now a knee feels a bit weak, and there's a little bit of restriction. But um, I have to say, it's it's pretty good, and um, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't put myself under the knife now yeah
1: i've, I've seen a lot of knees becoming perfect with just exercise and certainly surgery is also good but i also saw surgeries which went terribly wrong so if you have a surgery mm, that that's went the danger isn't it terribly yeah, wrong yeah. you're mm, far better mm. with exercises only <laughs> if because exercises can't go that terribly wrong you have more time to see, do they work? If they don't work, then you can still say, oh, I want a surgery. Unless it's a situation where you really say time counts, you have to be fast. Now, sometimes there's yeah, a situation where yeah, yeah, you have an yeah, yes, injury. Yes, and yeah. If you mm, do the surgery mm, in a mm, short time, then you're mm, better off. But mostly it's good to e- wait a little.
0: I'm going to talk about exercises going right or wrong. Um, you had a long-term relationship with Mysore and you were in... Uh, we practicing with me and we practice together in uh, with uh, Sharath and Patabi joyce and and also you practice with other people i think i uh, mean um, b b younger e, in my as well i think i believe um what's your experience of you know kind of like we call it exercise what's your experience of asana as it was taught in india i mean because it's you know you're a medical doctor you, i assume you're interested in how functional movement and how the body aligns with movement um, and yet, you're, you you spent many years going to uh, teachers who were very uninterested in, in um, uh, joint alignment or anything like that, right? Joint health, even.
1: For for me, uh, with the spending time in Mysore, it was it was very interesting. I was practicing yoga before I went to Mysore for, for many years, and so mm-hmm. I was not a beginner. And what I wanted to learn in Mysore, and I wanted to see, I want to experience how. Yoga was taught before our time, and if and practicing with Patapi Joyce and with Bn Yenga, it it gave an insight in in a very old school of of teaching and also of seeing the philosophy. Yeah, I mm-hmm. learned Asanas mostly with Patapi Choice, certainly mm-hmm. because he was the one who was, was really fond of teaching Asanas and very strict and precise about it Uh, but it felt i enjoyed it i I loved it but it felt also like looking into the past how yoga was taught 100 years ago and also with the Mm. pranayama Mm. and the philosophy that i learned with bns yenga it's i loved learning the techniques from him but he also taught it in a way which was really connected with the long tradition, but also with the view of the world, which is 50 years over.
0: Right. So how do you square tradition, like the enjoyment of tradition and the benefits of tradition with maybe more, I mean, I'm assuming you kind of feel anatomy, for example, is important in yoga, um, right? And I don't know how you would would, um, modernize the teaching of the philosophy, but um, I suppose this leads into a conversation of the tradition. In, in in right in, in yoga and what and what's traditional right and I know the actually I used to see you doing modifications in the shala in Mysore. You had some different things going on. There.
1: <laughs> and yeah, I was pra- I was trying to practice as as traditional. I'm making quotation marks with yeah. my fingers as traditional as as possible. And the question is, what is tradition? And if you look at, mm-hmm. if we look at what is tradition on a scientific point of view, we have to see that yoga has a tradition that is 3000 years old. And when my first yoga teacher told me yoga is 3000 years old, I was very impressed. And I imagine <laughs> that people 3000 years ago had a, a rubber mat, a sticky mat. And we're practicing Ashtanga Yoga Advanced um, Primary Intermediate Advanced <laughs> A and B Series. And I've always had a problem. How can they fit in a cave with a sticky mat? And how did they get the wrapper 3000 years ago? But when we look at it on a, but, but this, this narrative is, is told by many teachers. They say the sequence of Ashtanga Yoga is very, very old. Yoga Corunta, it fell from heaven uh, five thousand before Christ, and it has the uh, traditional. You still, you still hear
0: teachers saying that? I thought that was a bit outmoded these days. It,
1: I think unless that. Do you still hit? You still find it, teachers it, kind of claiming that? It that gets a little bit out uh, yeah. um, I think I think people, but it's still, they start to dismiss
0: that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah,
1: happily. I happily, think that's happily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, When we look at the tradition on a scientific point of view, we have to see Mm. 3,000 years ago, the idea of yoga started possibly in the Kata Upanishad. And it was, you do something, in the Kata Upanishad it was reflection and putting a sacrifice to Mm. get into contact with your true nature, with your true self. And starting from this point, there were humans, human beings, Mm. who were practicing yoga they're doing sacrifice they're doing recitation they're doing meditation and they extended the techniques whatever worked they added pranayama and on one point asana came and this changed the techniques of yoga always changed according to the historical context and situation so in Mm. the um, medieval times times of hatha yoga Pradipika, there were a lot of techniques taken from ayurveda into yoga because they seemed to work to create a balanced body and a balanced mind and now mm.
0: i suppose that l- it leads me to thinking when you came to Mysore, then you said it was a bit outmoded a bit outdated like looking back in time you feel that the yoga hadn't kept on moving forward, hadn't kept on advancing and, and evolving. At some point, it stagnated, whereas Western medicine does seem to
1: have had a trajectory of constant change and evolution. Kind of, yeah. If you try to mm. fix tradition on a point, if you say, this is tradition, mm. and you say, take a fixed technique of tradition, it gets outdated. If you take the technique of the Hatha yogis in medieval times, yeah, we would drink Quicksilver and, and cut our yeah, tongue. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. fix the technique how it was 1924 when Krishna Machaya basically yeah, introduced yeah, yeah. what we now know as Ashtanga Yoga the, the yeah. physical postures mm-hmm. Trikonasana, Chaturanga yeah. Dandasana into mm-hmm. practice into yoga mm-hmm. practice mm-hmm. and if you we want to teach like Krishna Machaya taught 100 years ago we Tend to become outdated on one certain point. So, what for me, tradition is there's an idea, there's an experience, but this idea and this experience has to grow, it has to change. It's the same thing like yeah. medicine. How old is medicine? Medicine is 10,000 years old, possibly. yeah For 10,000 years, yeah. some stone age people, they Put I a, think always, a, always they yeah, put they a bone to together yes. to heal yeah, the bone. Yeah, so or a herb or yeah something. But yeah. when you go to a medical doctor today, because you have, um, for example, appendicitis, and you need a surgery, yeah. and the medical doctor says, "Oh, I'm gonna do the surgery," which was introduced 100 years ago, <laughs> you better should run <laughs> so away. That's a, <laughs> <laughs> no, that's an that's
0: an interesting question though. When would you say was the start of modern medicine? there's medicine as we know it right i think is there a point where you can say like penicillin or or a surgery with anesthetic or is there a juncture because obviously science has has contradicted and gone back on itself and changed streams t- changed tides you know i,
1: I think you yeah. can't really make a cut point you can't Medi- make a fight. medicine right, is right. growing and changing yeah. always changing getting right. new ideas new surgery techniques new medicines and it always was this it is was speeding up the last possibly hundred yeah. years the speed okay. of change mm. increased mm-hmm. and the same thing happens in yoga the speed of change increased and it increases because the modern technique enables us to learn from more teachers from more sources at the same time when you try to learn yoga in medieval times, you had to go by foot to one teacher. You had to walk for three months to find yeah. this teacher. Yeah. And then you were learning.
0: stand on one leg
1: in the sun for,
0: for 10 days seven before years. you accepted it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You learn seven yeah. years. But what, I mean, and, but now you Do we lose anything, though? Hmm? Do we lose anything with this evolution? Is there anything lost in tradition with this evolution? Because I would also challenge you that yoga has evolved since it's come away from India. Okay, we can say that in Mysore, certain things are in inverted commas traditional means kept as they were in 1925 in Krishnamacharya's time. But if we look in a modern yoga studio in the West, we have music, we have vinyasa, flow, you know, we have all kinds of things in, in, in an evolved way. Is that still yoga? Or is that, is that missing the point? Or is something lost in tradition when it evolves in, in, is there a wrong way?
1: Is there a wrong way for evolution? uh, Evolution goes in any direction. So the the question Mm. is, which direction will be the direction that yoga really evolves in the future? We we actually don't Mm. know. People are taking what they learned and transferring it to their knowledge to their environment to their situation and so there are different paths and different ideas of yoga I think it is important to remember whatever you change in yoga whatever you change is what is the tradition that you learned and what's the benefit of it Yeah, so I'm not just changing things for the sake of it I'm changing it only if I notice that the traditional thing is not working The Ashtanga Yoga tradition, tradition can talk about what what I actually think that the tradition of Ashtanga Yoga is um, has a lot of amazing ideas which are still up to date and still you can't make them any better.
0: Okay, so let's talk about what you like and what you don't.
1: And the other thing is you have to keep you have to keep (laughs) the essence. So yoga is only yoga if it refers to a tradition. And if it keeps the essence of getting a, a balanced mind, if you lose one of those two, the tradition or the or the essence, then you lose yoga. If you say, "Oh, I'm doing something, but I'm not refer- referring to any tradition," is not yoga. Then it's possibly a um, health well-being or something. You have to call it yoga. You have to refer to the tradition, and you have to keep the. No, sense. Could, it,
0: could could we not have an essence of looking for self-inquiry without a tradition? Yes, that's an interesting book. You can look yeah, for yeah. to
1: get them. It needs to, be, but if it has to be yoga, it has to be from a tradition it has of to doing be so. In the tradition of yoga, right. for if, example, the Buddhistic right. monks. They also and what does look that mean? What what does
0: that what qualifies doing what qualifies looking for the essence of self as yoga essence. as opposed to looking for the essence of self. In in another way. Yes, for example, the Buddhist traditions
1: also look for that true self. Or Mm, even the Christian mm, traditions, mm, they look mm, for mm. the true self, but it's a different tradition. Or there are modern Mm. spiritual leaders Mm. who Mm. also tell you, oh, this is your true self, but they're not referring Mm. to yoga. They say, oh, I had an enlightenment, enlightenment, Mm. vision, myself, and now I teach. It's absolutely perfect. But the person is not referring to, that, to the tradition. So referring to the tra- yeah. tradition, tradition means being in contact with source scriptures, being interested what happened before. How did people before you practice on the path of yoga and learning from them? So in the tradition of Ashtanga Yoga, certainly it is interesting and important to learn how was Patapi teaching, how was Krishna Krishnamacharya teaching, where did the, 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 the ideas come from that Krishna Krishnamacharya was teaching? But,
0: but latterly, a lot of people would say that that tradition that Patabi Joyce was passing on was maybe the best example of, um, you know, a, a, a kind of positive tradition. There were aspects of that teaching that were uh, slightly dubious.
1: Um, if you, <laughs> I, I think I got the double meaning, we can talk about the double meaning as well. But if you see it, what is unique in Ashtanga Yoga that you don't have in any other tradition. When I go through the world and I see the word Ashtanga Yoga, I expect three things. And one thing right. is, I expect a breath-guided, moving meditation. Which is mm-hmm. called in the Ashtanga terminology, Tristana. So we're having Drishtis, we have Bandhas, mm-hmm. we have the breath mm-hmm. that moves the body. Mm-hmm. And this breath guided moving meditation is quite a brilliant thing because when you get everything in the same rhythm your, your Drishti, your arms, your body in the same rhythm, your brain gets synchronicity. That means the brain waves synchronize each other and this brings you in a meditative state and this is something I think very unique for Ashtanga yoga certainly some vinyasa yoga ch- children of Ashtanga yoga also have it but this is special I expected in an Ashtanga school the next thing that's right. so is special in Ashtanga mm. yoga is a fixed sequence if you really want to get this neuronal synchronicity It's only possible if you do the same movements and the same moving breathing pattern every day again. Only then the neuronal synchronicity can happen. If you change the Mm. sequence what you're doing every day, then it will be difficult to get this neuronal synchronicity. Same as a Buddhistic monk, he will also repeat his meditation technique and not change. Mm. Oh, today Mm. I'm meditating this and today this. So in Ashtanga Yoga, we're having a moving meditation which we repeat over and over again. And the sequences brought up by Krishna Machaya and Patapi Choice, they're actually very logical and brilliant because they enable this movement meditation. They are built up in a logical structure which is hard to make a better sequence. Do you, fi- do
0: you find them that way is yes. it, as from a medical perspective? Yes. right? Right. Um, right. If, you t- hmm.
1: if you use them in the right way, which have, from my perspective very often doesn't happen. And the third thing, which is really brilliant in Ashtanga Yoga, is Mysore style. I think if you teach or practice serious Ashtanga Yoga, the Mysore style, that means a self-practice, and a self-practice where a teacher is observing and helping on an individual level is very important. And it's the only way to get into this tristana and this moving meditation. As long as you just follow what the teacher says, it's not really a meditation on your own. So you need
0: mm. tristana,
1: you need a fixed sequence, and you need this miser style idea to, to get in this meditation. And this is. From my point of view, the essence of Ashtanga yoga. But now it's the question. What about the idea that
0: there's a lot of postures? I mean, I kind of agree with a lot of it, but I suppose my, my challenge to you would be, the sequences are long, dynamic, and involve a lot of postures. And if we're trying to synchronize the body with the breath wouldn't it be smarter to use like a more of a hatha yoga style with less postures and less movement? But Is there any benefit to doing these kind of longer, more kind of dynamic sequences?
1: If you you stay longer in in a posture, then Mm -hmm. the breath calms down and the synchronicity Mm -hmm. of the mind doesn't work in this way. Certainly you can get in a meditative state, but I would say Mm -hmm. it's not the way In the Ashtanga tradition, this meditative state can happen. But the point Mm -hmm. is the sequence. We have to see where the sequence came. So the idea of the sequence came from Krishnamacharya, 1924. This was when Krishnamacharya started teaching in Mysore, what we know today as Ashtanga Yoga sequences. Certainly, if you look precise, you can see oh, he just skipped a few positions or the count was a little different on one point. But basically, there was a kind of a vinyasa count. It was sun salutation. It was standing positions, sitting positions. There were vinyasas between the positions. So, kind of the same thing we practiced. Yeah, it was very similar.
0: I mean, um, have you, you've seen the Yoga Makarenda, right? Yes,
1: yes. And there's also this yeah, old so. movie um, um, recordings from Krishnamacharya practicing, 1900, I think, 34-something you see him practicing basically Ashtanga yoga. As an Ashtanga practitioner, you would say, oh, the Drishti is on the wrong point. But this is not the point of the sequence. Mm. The idea of the sequence was there. But if we try to practice on an anatomical um, a movement, physiological point of view, that's from 1924. Mm. We are mm. far behind our time because this is 100 years ago movement physiology changed a lot in the last 100 years we can't just make this, the asanas in the same way as Krishna krishnamacharya did it or patapi choice it. we have to adapt the asanas and the movements but also it. people have
0: changed i mean people have changed as well right their own the bodies have changed They're, you know an indian body at that point would have had naturally open yes, hips yes. and we don't a lot of us have that now but how, but how do you amend then i mean how do you modify and amend those sequences without losing the essence of the tradition what what keeps it as traditional ashtanga yoga
1: i, I would say when i teach ashtanga yoga i keep the rosen the melody of the practice i keep the melody of the practice that means every posture is embedded in a vinyasa sequence where every movement is aligned or carried with a specific breath and drishti pattern and you can keep the movement you can keep the breathing pattern you can keep the drishti but you change the outer form for example a very simple example the shoulders when you do sun salutation and you do the first movement of sun salutation you lift the arms ekam inhale this is the first movement of sun salutation and Mm. When I teach somebody who has a shoulder injury, I still say we do sun salutation, but I say e come inhale, and I don't tell the person to lift the arm, I would tell the person to outer rotate the arm and just get the arms that the hands are about in the height of the shoulder. So even with an mm-hmm. injury in the shoulder, you can do sun salutation. You have to adjust the next movement in the same way mm. that it's possible for the person to move in a harmonic way without injuring himself. Mm. And uh, like this, I go through the full full all postures, all movements of Ashtanga Yoga and help people to find a practice that really fits to themselves but keeping the meditative breath guided mm. flow. And I would... Is there any point? People always
0: ask, is, is there any reason for the advancedness? Is there any reason to do these advanced sequences and the kind of level of dynamism that can potentially be, I mean, some of those advanced B-series postures, certainly. Um, and, you know, things like, I'm thinking, you know, rolling over the, the knee, you know, in, um, you know, in Mulabandhasana and things like that. I mean, they seem to be anatomically terrible for the body. What's your opinion on that? It, it's,
1: it, it, movement is healthy. And this is a very Mm -hmm. frustrating thing. I found out after spending 20 of years, 20 years or more, um, spending my time to find out um, how to, what movement, what types of movement are healthy. And movement is healthy Mm -hmm. if it has Mm -hmm. a very few basic things. Movement is healthy if it's suitable to the individual person. So this rolling over Mm -hmm. the knee, as you call it, actually for me is Mm -hmm. very easy because my hip joint, has an anatomical shape it allows it very easy to roll backwards and mm-hmm. the second thing is so it has to be suitable for somebody and the second mm-hmm. thing is it has to be um, diverse so if you do the same movement pattern over and over again it will lead to injury and disease most people do this every day they're sitting on the desk at the office always in a um, um, rounded back yeah. looking to the screen and they're sitting like this. But right the, se- the
0: sequences are also repetitive though because another kind of challenge to Ashtanga is people, and I play devil's advocate here, obviously yeah. I'm committed to Ashtanga, but uh, <laughs> they'll also say to us, well, they're repetitive movements. And if you keep repeating those same movements again, you're going to get certain strains. And you were just saying you need variation, but you also like the repetitive sequences and you've mentioned that as important. Yeah. Uh,
1: to get a, diver- um, a diverse movement. How do you get diversity
0: within repetitive sequences?
1: Within the Ashtanga yeah. sequence. If you look, what is diversity? Diversity, you can define mm. it with a few things. Diversity means that you have your physical abilities that we have We challenge Mm. them in an equal way, and the, Mm. the planes of movement, the directions of movement, we challenge them in an equal way. So if we look at the Ashtanga Yoga sequence from this point of view, it's a very good basis for a diverse movement. So I actually see there are some things missing. That's why when I do, when I practice Ashtanga Yoga, I practice still a very traditional practice but i also do things where i have the feeling that the traditional sequence has some blind spots i can tell you where i see this point yeah can, I t- can
0: you
1: tell but me I, what, what practically but what practically i do you the traditional vary, ashtanga sequence yeah, yeah, yeah. which is very good because it creates flexibility which is important and healthy if you only train flexibility flexibility you will get yeah. disease and injuries but it trains flexibility it also has a strength aspect i would say it's not enough and not diverse enough because it's mostly in one direction only the strength with the arms pushing down yeah, there's not much dynamic change, mm. but still there's flexibility there's strength there's endurance because you're doing vinyasas Mm. and movements. Mm. So you already have three basic movement principles. You have strength, flexibility, and endurance in one single practice. And so it's a very good basis to start. And you have forward bends in primary series. You have backward bends in second series. So you also have different directions of movement. And if you practice Ashtanga Yoga like this, it's a good basis. Problem is, if you see it too traditional, so if a teacher yeah, it starts, let's say a 40-year-old person mm. or a 50-year-old person, I start Ashtanga Yoga and I expect his sun salutation to look like the sun salutation of a 12-year-old Indian boy in 1924. It will take one year until the person finishes sun salutation or Two years or it's completely or broken. Um,
0: so, I mean, does this presuppose the fact that you need to add, I mean, in your teaching, do you add the
1: second series straight away for the, to balance the first series yes, then? Yes, and the I method, when somebody learns in the I method, we learn the primary series, very traditional. What's the, what's the I method? That's the method that I'm created, actually. I stands oh, for you it? Yoga oh, right. Innovation. I is innovation. Okay, okay. O A I I. A Y I. A Y I I.
0: Okay, well, someone called something that before. A Y I. Really? So, well,
1: and the other thing is, so, yeah, yeah, uh, we, so they, I, so they, each, they learn the second position, series. One after right. the other. And as soon as somebody managed to gain a movement breathing pattern in one sequence, in a way that's ad- adapted and suitable for the individual physical body, the person can learn the next position. And usually if you're kind of a little dedicated in your practice, it takes half a year maybe, maybe three months to learn primary series. If you practice on a daily, le- daily basis, it takes possibly even two months to learn primary series. And everybody can learn primary series if you adapt the postures. And yeah, uh, yeah. I have students I which are yeah. uh, they're seventy years old, they're practicing primary series full on, and then I don't stop. We just go mm. on into intermediate series. And with the same and you, thing, adapt- you well. don't need to mm. catch mm. your heels in kaputasana. Mm. You just have no, to that- see what's <laughs> the purpose of Kaputasana. Right. Yeah. What yeah. can it where, where's the stretch in the body, where's the feeling in the body, and can I create this purpose in a way that's suitable for the person.
0: Mm. I know. I'm mean, going to ask you this one. I mean, because people will be thinking in their minds. I know. What would you, as as a doctor, again? What do you adapt in the sequence? How do you? What are the things that you do find need to be adapt, uh, modified, uh, amended, evolved in the Ashtanga tradition in your practice specifically, practically speaking? Basically everything. <laughs> <laughs> so how but, do you do? Give me some examples of. Um, the
1: most injuries happen in Ashtanga yoga from my perspective are the wrists, mm. the shoulders right, the, wrists. the lower yeah, back and yeah. the knee. So right. the basic form the basic form is the form everybody learns when a person starts in Ashtanga yoga in the eye method, we teach the basic form. We don't teach the traditional form, so we don't say "Do chaturanga because my experience is if somebody who has no, not prepared shoulders does chaturanga. Shoulder mm. injury will come. Uh, I won't say mm. do upward dog because my experience is wrist problems and back problems come from upward dog if you are not, if your body is not suitable. So if I take the average 40 year old person doing traditional sun salutation, problems in wrist, back, shoulders will come. So in the I method, we have the same sun salutation, the same count, but instead of chaturanga, we do cat. Yeah? Right. instead of upward mm, dog mm. we do a happy cat it's still a backbend, it's still opening <laughs> but there's uh, uh, much less pressure on the lower back and on the shoulders and on the wrist than in the upward facing mm. dog mm. and if a person dives into this basic form of sun salutation and experience the movement breathing pattern some people notice oh I'm strong I'm getting flexible then we increase the difficulty a little bit just means. And if and if uh, you get a healthy body like yourself, which, uh, I'm
0: doing <laughs> I'm still trying to get to this yeah. question. You do it in the same. You do it exactly the same way, or do you make any changes, or do you just practice exactly the same? Or would you say there's certain things that in that sequence that need to be modified and brought up to date? I'm, I'm to per- be more effective or safer.
1: I'm always laughing. I'm possibly the most traditional yeah. practiser practitioner That's in uh, funny. in the I method. Right, so right, I'm right. practicing. As it fits to me, suddenly I'm adjusting some things and adapting some things. If don't do things that's not fitting to my body, but I'm practicing pretty traditional sun salutation, which I'm also teaching, but I suggest not to start with the traditional form. I suggest start with a basic form, build up a foundation, build up strength, build up rhythm, and when the rhythm and the strength is there and the body is suitable for it, then you can build up and possibly the so-called traditional form of sun solitation or foot behind the head or third series or anything will happen. For some people, it's easy and will happen. And other people, if you wait until somebody binds Maritziya Sanadi in the so-called traditional Mm. manner, you can wait forever or until the knee is damaged. If somebody has the right body shape and the right proportions, and starts in a slow way and builds it up. Binding in Marichyasana is possible for the person. And what about when you, I mean,
0: you see a lot of people, they get the instruction these days. Okay, you can't do Marichyasana B or D. And you, you sit there and you see them sitting there. And the, 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 if you can imagine, the foot is on the thigh and the knee is really in the air. You know, mm-hmm. so the person has got the tight, right? And they're encouraged to sit there with that foot like not in lotus but more resting on the leg you know like that person who's got quite a stiff hip and
1: is that helpful or would you encourage a different kind of hip opener there that's that's not not the basic form. (laughs) i I know this form and many many teachers because that's the traditional way to do it right like you sit there until that hip drops down i'm Mm. I'm not sure about if it's really the traditional form when i was in Mysore I always saw okay. some, especially of the old students. Some of the old students, adapting po- postures, positions, to their need, possibly as they even learn from Patapi Choice. If you saw this hmm. old practitioners, hmm. I saw actually I saw one person practicing cat cow in sun salutation in Mysore, and Patapie Joyce actually taught this person to do cat cow. It was a very old student, and. Mm. One of the, the very not-so-famous not old people yeah, who was kind of in the background mm. always. And he adapted a lot. And that's what I also do. I adapt the positions to the person. And I try to adapt not that the position looks as similar as possible. I try to adapt that the essence, so the stretch and the feeling of the mm. position is there. So if somebody if we do an outward rotation in our leg it can be foot behind the head but if your anatomy of the hip for many people foot behind the head won't happen but you can still get a stretch on this part of the body that feels good
0: how can you tell how can you tell whether they just need a bit of patience and the idea of tapas in yoga that there's a certain kind of quality of enduring and persevering and at what point do you say anatomically i can see that that hip won't do that and so therefore they need a modification and at what point do you say well let's not be too soft here Uh, you know the yoga is about challenging oneself and persevering and you know kind of consistency and you know, let's let's keep them going and keep them trying before giving them a, a way a, a way out, as it were, or a different possibility.
1: It, it, it's uh, it's actually it's really difficult so for some people, mm, and that's mm. the different difficulty of a teacher. I have mm. to um, motivate students to take their time to really learn and and take their time and practice, and there's a quality in it. But there's also important to realize that it doesn't make sense to stick with marichyasana D for 10 years, it, uh, then you have to see this marichyasana D won't come. And if it comes or if it not comes, there are some tests. You can test the hip joint and see the movement, right. ability of the hip like, joint. Like what test? And you not know, to just lies on the belly and you turn the yeah. hip and then you can get an <sighs> see idea if it's moving. of yeah, the yeah, yeah. direction where the acetabulum of the hip shows the acetabulum of the hip shows in completely different directions for everybody and the femur, the head of the femur, the collar yeah, yeah. also points yeah. in different directions. And if these directions are uh, suitable for Marichyasana um, or for Ekapadasasasana, this posture will mm-hmm. come very easy if you loosen up tight muscles. Mm. If the proportions are in the wrong direction you can loosen up tight muscles as long as you want you won't get the foot behind the head and so i encourage oh, you hurt yourself people doing it to go further and not stick on an arson to just to just go on when i was how do you know whether the
0: arsenal is for you or not you know maybe as i mentioned some people might be able to persevere and do it even though their body type isn't really appropriate for it if I mean, and how do you know whether maybe you're causing yourself an injury and your body isn't really um, in the right proportions to do that particular thing?
1: I think yoga practice should always feel good and be easy. Yeah, it's right. you, certainly you're sweating and you feel a stretch and you feel a strength, but when you notice you're there's, yeah, really yeah, struggling. There's a sense of flow
0: in your teaching. Yeah, when mm-hmm. you're really
1: struggling against your physical structure, then something is wrong. And Possibly one story that I have to tell that led to this point of view. I was a competitive sports person as a teenager. I did, I did running and triathlon, and I was training a lot. And I actually was medium successful. And I believed I believe that through hard training you can achieve anything. And with this idea, yeah. I went to yoga, and I believed if you stretch long enough. You get your foot behind the head. You get you catch your ankles in the back bend, and then I studied medicine. Yeah, some anatomical variations, okay, but I didn't care so much. And then I started to work in sports medicine, and I started to work with elite sports people. And I realized hmm. one thing, which we really—I uh, I almost got a depression. I realized <laughs> that if you if you um See a um, top athlete where they start training. The usual person will never come to, will never achieve this point because the genetics of the body is so different, so different. And it's not just a slight difference. It's a, it's a huge difference. Really? Mm-hmm. And uh, just mm-hmm. one simple, very, very obvious example. If mm-hmm. you are one meter and 50 high which is very short and if you want to mm-hmm. become a basketball profi there's no way you can train every day 24 hours you will never become a basketball profi why because you're just one meter smaller than, than a- so
0: in your in your analogy you would say it's the same for the bodies for for a leg behind the head and things like that because it is
1: it's as set in stone as height is is that, yes, is you that concrete? You, you can have fun right. with your body. You can feel the strength. Mm-hmm. You can feel the stretch. You can enjoy your body. But if you expect you want to make a physical performance, then it's just a competitive sports. And I f- I think it's very sad that Ashtanga Yoga becomes a competitive sports. And there are actually some f- signs that show that it sometimes becomes a competitive sports. If it becomes <laughs> no, a competitive no. sports, you no will doubt. see... <laughs> So, um, certain body types in this sport. If it's not a competitive sport, you will see all types of body practicing the sport and having fun. So if you don't practice competitive basketball, you see everybody is playing basketball and, and having fun. But if it's a competitive sport, you see the two meter plus big people. Yeah. What was he say? I mean, just as a silly...
0: Um the idea here what would you say is the percentage of genetics and the percentage of training in the in the equation of success
1: there's a there's a joke as, as a sports medicine person you would say 90 percent genetics for the mm, physical mm. performance uh, for the physical mm. performance for the fun mm. of it for the mm. uh, for the balance of your mind and your body for the health mm. the physical performance mm. is not important so what is healthy it's healthy to stretch it's not healthy to touch the big toe. It's healthy to stretch because… But where's
0: the, where's the degree? Where's the, where did you put the end in? You can stretch, you know, as, far you can you, stretch right. as
1: far as you like. Yeah, you can stretch as far as you like. No problem with stretching. As long as you keep it balanced with strength, with elasticity, with relaxation, you won't injure yourself with stretching if you keep it balanced. And if you keep it suitable to you, you can't stretch more than you anatomical shape allows you but the degree how flexible you become if two people start yoga at the same time seemingly the same flexible the progress mm. of how flexible they become is different because their genetics mm. is different i worked mm. with um, power sports people and uh, this was for me really um, fun because i'm from my genetics i have a very difficult time gaining power gaining strength and when you see those elite sports people and a sport that gains where you need power you see them looking at weights and you see their biceps grow it's it's really funny. Yeah? you see them working out and on the next day you say okay uh, there are yeah. two kilos more muscles and on the next day they're adding weights and adding weights if you see somebody who is not the genetics it's you can I don't know. If you
0: have a, pro- if you have a problem uh, getting power, I don't know. I don't, we're, in, we're all in a bad shape here because you're, you're a pretty powerful guy, if anyone and knows. It's the same as with flexibility. Ronald.
1: Yeah, the same <laughs> as with flexibility. About, if two what, people how- stretch, they gain different the flexibility. And this is Why genetics. is that? Is it
0: is it as simple as elastin and collagen in the body? There are proportions of elastin and collagen, or is there other uh, it's, what other factors?
1: It's, uh, I think it's different factors. It's mo- I think it's mostly the cross connections between the collagen fibers. The elastin fibers are collagen important fibers, for right. something else, but the mm. um, um, the cross connections between the collagen fibers they define how the collagen fibers might slide over each other and the more cross Interesting. connections Interesting. they have the mm-hmm. more stiff the body becomes which is okay. also healthy because mm-hmm. if you have more cross connections you're more stable so if you come in a fight mm-hmm. and somebody hits you the more cross connections you have the better you can withstand the, st- the fight so if you want to become mm-hmm. martial, martial arts champion it's good to be a little bit more firm or on the other hand some people have the genetic ability to move more easy and this is also mm. healthy because then you can move more easily most people are somewhere in the middle and mm. don't are not too stable and not too flexible if people tend to be very flexible it's nice they can enjoy the flexibility in a nice yoga practice and and, and, and do deep backbends, foot behind the head and all those things. They just have to take care that they keep their flexibility balanced with strength, elasticity, endurance, mm-hmm. coordination. Otherwise, they will get injuries by overstretching.
0: We've almost done an hour. I suppose it's a, it's a good place to, to ask you a, a final question. What's your, aim, what's your aim with the practice now? Um, and how how are you looking in the future to amend, modify, develop it?
1: I'm still the same, the same purpose. When I do the practice, I have an immediate purpose. I want to get in a meditative state during the practice. This is one purpose of my practice. And the other purpose of my practice, I want to get a balance in body and mind during my life and day. So when I practice, I check, does it feel good in this moment? Yeah. Do I get in a meditative, Mm. calm state while doing it? And I check after the practice, do I feel better after the practice than before? If those two questions I can answer with yes, then it's a good practice. And suddenly we all get older and the practice needs to adjust. It's an illusion to say we're going to practice forever the same we practiced when we were 20. We have to adjust mm. to practice. Uh, from my point of view, I'm really lucky. I can still practice mostly as I could when I was 20, possibly because I was not so flexible when I was 20. So this <laughs> is an advantage. I can still do most of the things. And yeah, I had some accident in the summer, so I have some adjustments now, but happily it's healing again. I fell from the bicycle, mm. so nothing to see. It could have been serious, but but luckily the body heals quite fine. So the practice becoming quite traditional again, and it's still good, but I'm absolutely sure there will be one day in my life when I did my last handstand or when I did my last lotus position or my last foot-behind-the-head position. And the important, it is important to realize when this point is, when does the handstand not anymore fit to the body or the lotus position, not any more fit to the body, and how to adjust the posture. Everybody can sit, Mm. just not in lotus. Everybody can Mm. put weight on his hands, just not in Mm. handstand. Mm. Everybody can Mm. feel Mm. a stretch in the hip, just not with the foot behind the head. Mm.
0: Very pragmatic and sage advice. Um, On a silly note, uh, Ronald, what um. Give me your inspirations and uh, you, you've listened to some of the podcast and a, a guilty pleasure you have <laughs> just to flesh out the uh, the picture of you. You don't have any, you don't strike me as someone has any guilty pleasures. <laughs> You're pretty, pretty tough. <laughs> um,
1: uh, actually, my, my day is quite, quite structured. I like, yes. I like flows. Yes. I like to structure my day and it is uh, fun for me if I know how to flow from one thing to the other thing. Even during the day, how to get up, uh, making my little morning uh, practice routine, going on my yoga mat, doing my traditional Ashtanga practice and flow through the day. So that's uh, that means that I actually I'm, I have little things where I say I, I feel guilty about. Actually, I can't think of anything that I say, oh, I do this and I feel guilty about about it um I, I actually live like like i like to live and if i don't like it i would change it and, yeah, yeah and change it and what does, is the inspiration for me i like learning i like learning whatever i like learning about the physical body so the medical part and there's always new things to see. You still and, uh, keep that up, you st- yes. even though
0: you're not practicing. You still keep that yes, that interest I, up in medicine, yeah. and I'm right. still
1: practicing, right. just not um, school medicine, Western medicine. I'm practicing yoga therapy, and so I still need anatomy. I still need um, to learn how the body works, and I also like to learn about philosophy. So that's why I have a, a real laugh for all source texts, which I like to read in the original language and translate and it's it's something that that you're you're also
0: reading Sanskrit as well.
1: I'm studying Sanskrit as well as
0: being a medical doctor. You make everyone else feel very bad about
1: (laughs) I'm in the lucky situation. (laughs) I'm in the lucky situation that yoga really is my life. Yeah so I really have time to practice to practice the physical part of the practice but I also have time to learn about the tradition of yoga, and the learning will never end. There are so many source texts to read and to translate. And,
0: and what are you, where are you? Where are you teaching now? If people want to come practice with you, uh, whereabouts are you? Teaching, Cologne.
1: Uh, I'm living. I'm staying in Germany in Ulm. That's my home base. Okay, but mostly I'm teaching, okay. traveling around mostly within Germany, and certainly online. I'm teaching a lot online, and I enjoy it a lot. I think online it, this
0: is the AYI. The the, uh, yi Ash, Ash, page Ash, 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 <laughs> ashtanga yoga inspiration innovation Not, innovation <laughs> In- institute innovation yeah <laughs> innovation well i'm loath to draw this interview to a close because i haven't seen you for ages and i have very fond memories of you from from our years
1: of meeting each other but um thank you for coming on and um it's been an absolute pleasure thank you thank you i enjoyed talking with with you and hope hope to see you soon i would love to hear more of you but let's hope in an interview it's the game you ask the question yeah. i answer yeah. <laughs> i would love to turn it around know, and ask you a lot yeah, of
0: yeah, yeah. The- <laughs> oh well you're welcome you're more than welcome <laughs> thank, thanks, Ron. thank
1: you namaste